0: Hey everybody, Coach John Daly here back again on a very lucky Friday the 13th for me, because I'm sitting here with two outstanding guys. Mr. Todd Stevens is in front of me from Lakeshore High School, a colleague and friend that I've worked with for a good number of years now, and our same old, regular, number one guest, Dr. Jeff Lipp, is to my left. How are we doing today, boys?
1: Doing great. It is uh, Friday, Daily
0: Fridays. Yes, Daily Fridays. Friday the 13th, Daily Friday. I like that. Todd, how you
2: doing? Doing outstanding. Today's a beautiful day outside. Looking forward to uh, spending some time with the boys
0: at the Splash Park here in a little bit after this uh, interview. So, yeah. Nice. Hot and humid day, too. That's a great day for the Splash Park, i got to tell you. So, since Jeff has been on uh, a little bit, um, the the complimentary uh, Where'd You Grow Up and your intro story, Jeff can give a, a quick version of that because I'm sure there's people jumping in on this podcast Uh, that maybe haven't listened to all the Jeff Lip ones before. So, Jeff, a little background about uh, where you grew up and how you came about to be here at Lakeshore and beyond.
1: Yeah, so I grew up in the south side, or the metro Detroit area, basically, in the Warren area. And I've been a school guidance counselor for close to 15 years now. So it's been a very great journey, and that's where I met both you and Todd and kind of, you know, growing a very good relationship with both you guys. I've had both of you guys on my show. I appreciate the feedback that you guys have given. We've done several different podcasts. If you haven't heard any, go back to my show and then, or check out some of John's earlier shows in regards to my whole life story because I could take up all hour, an hour and a half, whatever it may be. But that's not the case here today. I want to make sure that we give our special guests. I'm sitting, I feel like I'm sitting across from a celebrity, honestly. you know, yes. We don't do too many of these things and You know, Ty, who was on my show last time, kind of called me out about the golf particular situation, about the scramble that we got to get to. I remember. So I'm very cautious of what I'm going to say from this point forward (laughs) on every single thing that I would commit to because obviously the summer is ending. And I'm going to be held to that. So we'll see. But Chad's not here, so I'm good with that particular situation. (laughs) Uh, but yeah, that's about me. Uh, fired up to kind of do this with you. See Worley wherely want you to take it. You know, I love your shows. I know we are talking a little bit about leadership because that's kind of in your wheelhouse. So kind of looking forward to everything.
0: Awesome, thank you. Good job, and Mr. Todd Stevens. A little bit of where you grew up and a little background and how you ended up at Lakeshore.
2: Uh, so I grew up uh, Northern Macomb County, which is north of Detroit, uh, thirty-five mile road way out in the middle of nowhere kind of thing. Uh, I guess. People kind of consider me a country kid, um, didn't have animals or anything like that, but, you know, had to help take care of the, the four acres that my parents had and stuff like that. So that kind of stuff, uh, you know, taught a lot of uh, self-discipline and, you know, my parents instilled in me a lot of that kind of stuff, you know, make sure that I knew what, that I had chores to get done before I could go have fun and all that kind of stuff. Uh, went to Romeo High School, um, met my wife there as I, was gra- as I was graduating. She was a couple years younger. Um, you know, we ended up going to different colleges, things like that, but we stuck together. Um, ended up at Lakeshore, actually ended up in education via the chemical engineering route. Um, started out in chemical engineering at U of M. Didn't really feel that that was the place that I wanted to be or needed to be. Um, changed my major to education. Um, graduated in 2002, uh, in April, uh, three days before school started, got offered the job at Lakeshore. Um, <laughs> always an interesting story sometimes but uh and then i've been there now for uh 16 years Uh, so it's uh yeah quite a journey you know um my wife and i just celebrated our 13th anniversary awesome congratulations yeah yeah. and then uh yeah our son actually turns uh seven months today our youngest so it's been a quick journey for uh, that part too because i I look back and that's kind of a blur um with everything that was going on at work and with him and all that kind of stuff i don't know where the last seven months have gone. So that's, that's pretty amazing. So you have two boys. <laughs> two boys. Uh, one's four. Um, yeah, August John, and then uh, Liam Charles just turned seven months. So.
0: Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. Wow, and you are on your way to becoming, uh, in the same circle of, of friends as Dr. Lip, as far as Dr. Stevens someday. Are you uh, starting that process out?
2: Yes, uh, this fall I'll be, I uh, finished my Ed Specialist back in 2014, um, and now this uh, fall I will be starting my doctorate program at
0: uh, MSU. So, very good. How much does that pain you to say MSU? I uh, mystery, yeah.
2: As I told Dr. <laughs> Lip, every time I say that, I'm... Uh, I, the way I look at it is I can buy student tickets or, or alumni tickets eventually at both of them. and I yeah, So I, no. can, I can go to the Michigan game no matter where it's at. That's, That's how awesome. I have to look at it sometimes. That's but,
0: awesome. So you get one of those shirts right down the middle and the, and the flag. Yep. And, and
2: um, but no, and even looking at the program, I know Michigan State academically is one of the top universities, absolutely. especially for that program. It's one of the top ten in the nation um, for the program that I'm going to be doing. So I have no problem saying that. Um, awesome. I'm not one of those where... You know, if you cut me, I'm going to bleed blue or maize blue or anything like that. But uh, no, it's the right place to be for me, and um, it's going to be a great capstone to my educational process. Yeah, good
0: for you. Good for you.
1: Well, I just want to mention Ty was on my show, too, so... You don't want to ask him where Courtney went to school for her <laughs> undergraduate either. So I don't think you and I would agree with that too nicely. By
2: the way, where did she go? Uh, she did go to Western, uh, but then got her master's from Wayne State. So that's where her capstone is. You know what?
0: So, I, I got to tell you, ever since a uh, good friend, uh, Ann Lucchese, and I uh, had some serious bantering years ago about the Central Western um, I learned my lesson just to let it go because it got in the way of a friendship there. But it was really bad, you guys. And so I have learned, I've worked with a lot of great people from, from Western, as do you, Dr. Lip, And uh, I have learned to kind of soften my tone a little bit, uh, except when we play each other, then, you know, on that day, game day. But, uh, no, there's some great people that go to these fantastic universities all around. That is awesome. Um, kind of interested in your first memories, both of you, um, even in elementary school, can you think back, when you started thinking about what do you want to do with the rest of your life? Was there some ideas? Because for me, you know, as far back as I can remember when I was a little kid, I wanted to work at the airport. You know, going to pick up my grandparents, that was back when you could go to the gate uh, with no ID, no scanning, no nothing, and, and be there to greet them as they walk off the plane. I just thought it was really cool, whether it, uh, the pilot, the baggage people, just that excitement and that everything going on. I always thought of working at the airport mm-hmm. when I was... Little, obviously, that didn't stick around too long, but I'm just interested as far as career thoughts. As far back as you can remember, was there something that kind of started the ball rolling? Not necessarily even in education, but just thinking, man, I know I'm only five years old, but, you know, my parents do this and my grandparents do that. I'm kind of interested in.
1: So, working in education and, you know, going through the experiences that I've been through. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I think everyone at that particular age starts off with emulating something that they see. So I watched these guys on TV and back then athletics were not as popular as they were now on television, but even when I started watching them and I saw, you know, the bad boys go through their particular run and I saw, you know, Michael Jordan do his thing and now watching LeBron at that particular time, all I wanted to do was become a professional athlete. And you, you've told this several times that less than 1% of the people that you know become professional athletes. Mm-hmm. But I think when you're young, it's the you know, prestige, the power, the money that kind of like misconceives you in the direction where this is where I think I really want to go because that's your ticket. But more than anything, and you and I talked about this several times, It's about a kind of an exploration of who you are, you know, and not everyone is given that God-given ability to become that professional athlete. I mean, I know Todd, he played ball for a long time. I know my show, and he talked about that in regards, and I don't want to steal his thunder or anything like that. But, you know, he was playing varsity ball at a very young age, you know. And the fact is is that not everyone is geared towards becoming that particular athlete. But, you know, I had that dream. That's something I really wanted to do. As I slowly realized that that dream was never going to come to fruition, <laughs> you know, you got to start investing in things that are geared towards you know, what you want to do or who you think you are as a person. For me, I like working with people, and that's the reason why I feel that I can make change to people, that I go into a direction where I can find a field that will help people. and Whether it be education, counseling, whatever the particular thing is, I need to work with people. So that's kind of what I kind of like work towards. And then you know you do that whole self-exploration piece which is sometime that you have to invest in yourself otherwise you're just going to be lost. Mm-hmm. Great point. Great
0: point. The pro-athlete, was that the same in, in your ballpark? No, no, I, you and
2: I have had that conversation before. I kind of, I, some of the, my realization was pretty early that I wasn't going to be a professional athlete, but I still love sports and wanted to compete and things like that, and I think that was, for me, athletics, that's what it really instilled in me was, was the competition piece, but the earliest childhood memory I can have was wanting to be a firefighter, mm-hmm. you know, you, I, I don't really even know why, I mean, I where I grew up there, you would just had a volunteer firefighters, you know, you didn't even have a, like the big, you know, now that I live in, you know, Royal Oak and I've lived in Sterling Heights, those have huge fire departments, you know, where you see all this stuff, but it, there was a volunteer at that time where I was at. Um, but then, you know, it, obviously it, that's not that that's not a noble profession or anything like that, but then I kind of switched to, you know, getting into math and science and things like that. And everybody kept pushing me towards that, which is eventually why I did the chemical engineering, but After, you know, thinking about that kind of stuff, it it was, I didn't want to be stuck in a lab. I didn't want to be, you know, working in a a traditional office building and things like that, I guess. It didn't feel like the right fit, so that was eventually, you know, where I had to do the self-exploration and things like that throughout um I, I mean i even looked at you know maybe even going getting a law degree and doing patent law with the chemical engineering degree you know that if i was going to stay with the math and science thing and you know even to this day i still think about that kind of stuff you know you never know what's down the road you know in education we have the opportunity to sometimes you know step away a little earlier than other professions and you know even start that second career or things like that if possible um but uh right now I'm,
0: i've right where i want to be and excited to do what i want to do and to do that's what i get awesome. to do that's awesome I, I love the fact of how uh, all three of us have ended up in in a career um of making difference with kids and people and um definitely true that's the same for me you know my, my various jobs working at kmart you know even an ice factory i worked at caddying all those different jobs I was sitting around people you know especially the kmart one with the uh, customer service and all that so i find it interesting that um I think it's important for us to not only start young like we did, just thinking about what can, what could happen, what possibilities are out there. But then I also like the fact that all three of us, not only are doing something we love to do, but we're also looking ahead to to understand that, you know what, as much as we love doing this, this isn't all that there is. You know, and I, and I think if you, you keep your eyes open, keep your ears open, uh, Jeff brings us up on his show all the time, you know, it's definitely... What you know, like we know having a degree, master's degree, doctorate, all that is important. You got to have those things in certain certain careers, but it's not the end all be all. And I think all of us, the three of us could say that relationships would be the most important part of our lives. Um, and it's a very valuable. It's very tangible. That, that's great stuff. Good stuff. Um, biggest influence. I know both your stories a little bit uh, that your parents uh, have been a big influence on you. So I'm looking to, for you to share a couple lessons from parents then also one person outside of family. It could be an adult, could be a friend that you just learned just a huge lesson from. And it could be something not positive. It could be something that happened that you learned something from. So, Jeff, first parents lesson uh, from them and then also somebody from the outside of your family that uh, made an influence on you.
1: Well, I think my parents are... They taught me everything, obviously, and they're still teaching me a lot of things, honestly. Mm. I don't think I know. I don't. I know for a fact I don't know everything in the world. But the number one you thing... you have a doctor title in front. Doesn't that mean that? It's a joke, man. <laughs> right. I mean, it's not going to... I don't know everything just because you have a doctor <laughs> title. I mean, we're, we're going to be Dr. Stevens soon. I you know. know. Dr. Squared
0: over here. This is two together.
1: Oh, two peas in a pod. My goodness gracious. <laughs> I'm no. looking forward to that. But, I mean, I am very vulnerable in the fact that i'm very open about that i don't know everything and the, you know one thing my parents taught me i think the most simplistic thing is to always continuously work hard you know so they they've installed that in me and especially in my culture growing up as an asian american it's like you that's something that always going to be there that's something that my parents role model consistently is that you got to work hard no matter what you decide to do you got to put in the work and you might not necessarily get the results all the time, but it puts you in a better position to get there if you put in the work right now. So that's the main thing that they've basically taught me. Now, the person that is outside of that particular entity is very difficult for me to answer. I, I mean, I almost cringed when you asked me that question, and yet I asked that question a lot to all my guests on my show. But it's because I truly am a person in the moment. And so what I mean is, like, I'm really grateful for you two, honestly, sitting here right now. So if I had to say something in the moment right now, it would be you two to teach me consistently how we can get together all the time and do these things and, like, just have fun and, like, talk about these things. But, like, I'm really in the moment. Like, so, I mean, every day I'm meeting someone new. I'm learning something new from someone else. So I truly feel that every relationship in my life has impacted me in that particular context. So – It'd be, it's kind of really difficult for me to answer one particular person, honestly. Uh, I think if you really want me to identify something, um, it would just be my family in general. Not necessarily my parents, but my whole family in general. And I and I feel that they've all taught me some variable, valuable things about how important it is just to be in a family. Mm. And to give consistently in that family. So it, I would say everyone in my family, honestly. It, it's because... We all role model that giving type of person. And that's what makes our family very successful is the fact that we always try to put everyone above each other. And that's hard to do in a family, honestly, because everyone is, you know, trying to seek their own territory, per se. But more than anything, that takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. I mean, my younger years, my sister and I didn't see eye to eye on a lot of things. My brother the same way. And it's that competitive nature that Todd talked about, too. It's it's there completely. And I think that you have that, too. I mean, like... I would say that your sister and your family and your parents are probably the same importance in your particular life. Absolutely. For right. For sure. Right. So, I mean, it's hard for me to narrow it down. I mean, honestly, like I said, it's it's really in the moment for me. But, I mean, if we had to, like, give it a broad stroke and kind of a cliche answer, it's my family. Everyone in my immediate family, including my dogs. <laughs> there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> right. love that. No, good job. Todd, what about you?
2: Uh, for my parents, obviously, you know, growing up, I was the youngest of three children, um, but I was also the only boy, so I always was the one that helped my dad with all that kind of stuff. So the, the work ethic was instilled in me as a young age. Um, and even as I got older, it was either if you weren't involved in something, whether it be sports, you know, choir, band, whatever, if you weren't doing something there, you had to have a job, you know. And so it, we were never allowed downtime kind of thing. And that wasn't a bad thing. It was I thought that was a great thing now that I look back on it because – it never let me get into any kind of trouble. I was always focused. I always had something to look forward to. I had always something to do. Um, I, You know, I, we laughed because uh, I didn't even have cable TV until I was 17 years old or 16 years old, you know, kind of thing. Um, and that was actually a, a random accident that we kind of even got it type thing. Wow. So, um, you know, it, I, I thought, you know like 2479 were the channels I had kind of thing growing up. So I, you never had time to like just sit around and do nothing, you know, that kind of thing. So my, with my parents, they just constantly, you know, instilled that into me. And I, I I, look back, my mom handed me a box of stuff the other day for like mementos, pictures. It had my second grade report card, third grade report card in there. And I'm looking at it and I'm like, and I don't remember any of that stuff. But one of the comments, it, it kind of caught me off guard was the uh, my second grade teacher put in there that, you know, that I, I, I put I almost put too much pressure on myself to mm. do well, and I'm like you know, and I look back now, and I'm like I still do that kind of thing, you know. I, I don't want to settle for second place. Not that mm. not that there's anything wrong with losing. You're gonna lose in life. You're gonna lose in games, but as long as you know you did your best, I, it doesn't matter to me. You know, it's the same thing I used to tell my players when I coached too. You know, I don't care. There's going to be teams that are gonna be more talented than us, but there, nobody's going to outwork us. Nobody's going to you know do better than us in all the little things that we know we can control. If we win everything we can control, then we've got a good chance at the end of the night to, to do what we need to And in life. You have, if you can do everything you can control and you do the best that you can in those things, the end of life is going to be great. You know, that kind of thing. Um, I, I, I've had a little bit longer to think about the second part of the question. <laughs> I still don't have an answer, though. Um, I think I've taken something from everybody. You know, I talked to Dr. Lip and I talked about it, Jeff, and, and you know, I had coaches that, and you've, you and I have even talked about it, John. You know, I've had coaches that I've had good experiences with and I've had bad experiences with. Um, I think some of the conversations I had at a young age in athletics. I once again, when you and I were talking about it, we looked back and you're like, you had that conversation with your with your high school coach, and I and I did. It was just that that kind of thing, you know. You try and learn something from everyone. Um, so I, I don't know if one relationship outside of my family, I guess I would say has been more influential than another in within my family, you know, that's where the greatest influence is. You know, my wife right now is my biggest influence just because we're together all the time. She's an outstanding woman. She, she, you know, great mother, great um, employee. She does a phenomenal job um, at what she does and you know, all the roles she carries on. But, um, outside of the immediate family, I, I wouldn't say there's one particular person I can look back in every stage of my life. Every you know person that I've encountered—boss, coworker—I've I've tried to learn something from. So
0: that's awesome. Yeah, that was kind of the angle I was looking for because with leadership, um, part of leadership is with self first, because if you can't lead yourself, you will have trouble leading others. But then um, there are a number of people that come in and out of our lives that without them, we wouldn't be where we're at. And so to limit it to just one is hard. But, you know, um, I know there's all special relationships from now and back in the past that have helped you get to where you are mm-hmm. today, which is just outstanding. And then the flip side of that coin, as I always mention this to my students, who can you be for that? for a, Someone else, who can you be that person for that you're going to be talked about, thought about, remembered that you made a difference along with a number of other people? So I think that's real powerful.
1: Um, I can I say something real quick? Absolutely. That's really good. It, you know, Todd brings up a good point it's you know i feel such an advantage because i had that on my show and i've had you on several times on my show too he is very into self-reflection and i think that's really critical and what he said there i want to stress this again especially on leadership part is that once you self-reflect how are you able to apply that to help someone else you know and you said that right now too you know what can you give to someone else that is a critical part about relationships because like it's it's got to be a balance right Mm -hmm. but you have to know yourself in order to give that if you can't give it If you don't know yourself, how can you give something that you don't have? So that's powerful. I think that's the most important thing about, especially in leadership. What are you going to give if you don't know yourself? Absolutely. And it's a
0: journey. It's never like, hey, I've gotten to this top level. I'm at the final step. I know everything. Like you said, you don't know everything. No, absolutely. One of the biggest things is to understand, you know, I know what I know, and I don't know what I don't know, know. And that not knowing what I don't know. It, it continually improves. Every day I'm learning something new. And I, I talked about this in a podcast previous that, man, I just envision myself every day, I don't care how old I am, just wanting to learn something new that day. You know, whether it's a sports score or who did what in the in the World Series of Poker last night, I was watching a little bit and wanted yeah. to see where they're at. And Two Michigan guys, actually. Two Michigan guys. Yeah, I just
2: guys. Saw, that. I saw that the other day, too. Yeah, it was Absolutely. phenomenal when you see stuff like that. But, yeah, but that's what even like Dr. Liffin, or Jeff and I talked about on his show, you know, there's a difference between education and knowledge, and I think the three of us appreciate both, but know that the knowledge piece has to continue on no matter what. You can get There's only so many degrees you can get, but the knowledge piece can't stop, and that's where the real power comes in, in terms of then you can give that knowledge to somebody else, and then they can give it to somebody else, and it's just this giant chain effect, and that's really what education
0: needs to come to. And that's true leadership there of understanding that fact, of continuous improvement, continuous, not only self-improvement, but turning around taking a hand with somebody else hey come on and join me come on and pass me you know come do more than that you want to do let me help you okay um, you just brought up something about education needed so I'm going to I got a question written down that I was going to ask something else first but I'm shifting gears in both of your opinions because you've been around enough uh, in education what does education need besides more money you know obviously but what the world is changing kids are basically kids you know um you know, there's the goofy ones, there's the smart ones, there's the athletic ones, there's the lost ones. We had those kids, I think. I know technology is kind of a puzzle piece of that, mm-hmm. but what does education need right now to improve, to make changes, to do better?
2: I, I I'll go first. Um, for me, in the, especially the role I'm in now, I do a lot with like CTE, and I also mm-hmm. do a lot with the curriculum and things like that. And it, I think it's just. In, information needs to be shared with the kids and you know mm. a, and the time needs to be given to like our counselors and things like that so that they can help those kids form the decisions of what do they want to do um i think now in, in nowadays it, it almost seems like we're pushing it we were pushing everyone to go to college now we're saying oh you don't not everybody needs to go to college and before everybody had to go to college it wasn't nobody needed to go to college it, we didn't even really think about it, how many kids were going to college certain professions do need college. I mean, if you want to be a doctor, lawyer, yes, you have to go to college. You have to get a degree for other things. I mean, there's so many skilled trades out there that for these kids that don't, don't like school, don't, you know, I, you have a, you had a person on, um, Matt Hafner was one of the kids you just had on one of your podcasts, John. And, you know, he wasn't one of those school kids. He didn't like school. He didn't really, but he now appreciates it. You know, listen to his podcast, he appreciates education and the knowledge Outside of it, it's not necessarily he's going to go back and get a bachelor's degree or anything, but he appreciates the opportunity to get knowledge about different things. Mm. But you know, for a kid like that, or any kids like that, there there are so many professions out there that I don't think we even know about yet, even. And you know, to give those kids that opportunity to learn about those, you know, I ran into a student. was it about a, It had been about a year ago now, but I was at a Mexican restaurant in Royal Oak, and he was—he had just stopped off, and he—he he just started being an apprentice in heating and cooling, yeah. you know. And he was one of those kids that back in the day was going to be, oh, I want to do this, this, and this, you know. Going to college, I'm going to get a four-year degree. I'm going to do this, and now, now he's going to make great money. He's going to do a great service. He's—he's he's got the personality to eventually, you know, maybe take that trade and develop it into his own company. Um, and I, I've seen more and more students like that that kept thinking four year college was the only option, and now they're going back into this skilled trades thing. I think that's we we need to give them all the uh, all the information out there and let them make that decision about what they want to do. Nice, I do like that,
0: man. You brought up a great point about knowledge. Versus, I broke down knowledge versus education. Mm-hmm. There's a formal education. There's formal butts in the seat, sitting down, lecture. Here's a handout. Look at the overhead on the computer. Blah blah blah. But then there's knowledge that comes from the school experience, but also growing up experience. You know, Matt Hafner moving away, like I think it was close to the day after graduation that he left town. And I, when I was that age, there's no way I was doing that. No way. And I told Matt that, you know, he's got guts, you know, and that's part of his education, quote unquote, his knowledge that he has has gotten from that. So I find that very interesting. And information is powerful, that sharing and the kids appreciate that. When when you tell them straight up, even if it's something they don't want to hear, but you're coming at it sincerely for their best interest for them to know. That, that's powerful stuff. Dr. Lip, I see the wheels turning, man.
1: I'm so glad Todd answered me for it. I have so much more time. That's such a loaded question, more anything, because there's a that's a good question by your end, by the way. Just that's a really good question. But I mean I'm playing off a little bit of what Todd answered, more anything. I I feel that you know why a lot of schools? No, nah, I'm sorry. Let me repeat that. A lot of students come to school for the social environment, more than anything, and especially in a high school setting, that's what they thrive on. So I feel that in education, there's more opportunities to grow socially, to know more about yourself in general. So, like taking a leadership class of yours, for example, maybe doing a podcast like this, you know, expanding that idea, having them articulate what they want, and then applying that into something that they want to do is critical. You know, so that's where the passion lies within finding what you want to do specifically, right? Mm-hmm. So a lot of kids in, in the K-12 system in general are spoon fed information mm-hmm. a lot, and that spoon-feeding information is healthy, but there needs to be a balance, right? So the more that they can self-explore and find out more about themselves, the more it becomes easier to kind of find a career to articulate that and match that with something they want to do professionally. Now – In high school, I had an idea of what I want to do. I'm not in that field at all completely, but it's because I needed to self-explore. If I spent the time honestly trying to self-explore and then aligning what is very important to me, then I could self-explore further diving in that particular field. Now, that's hard to do, right? That's really hard to do because you have so many things that you have to meet within Michigan Merit Curriculum, everything like that, that they have to achieve because those are skills that they need in the world in general, you know? I don't know what you would need with, like, calculus or anything like that. But, you know, I, no, no disrespect to Todd because he's a math teacher.
2: None, none taken. I, I I, look at the Michigan-American curriculum and now that's – and I didn't want to get too political with the answer. That's why I kind of left with what yeah, I did because right. there's a lot of other things that right. I think you, – which you're leading to too. and right. You you don't want to cross
1: that barrier. No, no, right. I, I said because I'm looking at saying. a math yeah. teacher right now, yeah. you know. But more than anything, it's like it's self-exploration because if I'm an engineer and I want to go into it, I'm going to need to take calculus. I'm mm. going to need to take – Physics. I'm mean, going to need to take all that stuff, which is great. But once again, it's how do you find – how do you pique that interest? you know? And it's creating those relationships with those teachers that are very passionate about those subjects. I think are very important because in my influence, especially during the K-12 system, I got really passionate about other teachers that are fired up about other things that they were interested in. Mm-hmm. So if I had a great history teacher and he was fired about history, like Chris Hubbard teaches like Civil War. If I love Civil War and he's fired up because he is fired up about teaching something like that, I'm interested, you know, and I love to see the passion because the teacher has that passion, you know, but like it's – you got to find that. So the more you expose yourself to different things – like so I say this all the time, especially in the field that I'm in, which is counseling, is that there is no wrong class that you can possibly take because when you take that class, you find something about yourself that you didn't know before you took that class before. So if I took a business class with John Daly – And I'm like, man, I don't like business with John Daly. You know, it's not John Daly. I might not like business, you see. But if John Daly is pumped up about business, well, then it's going to get me amped up about business. If it's going to get me amped up about leadership. So it's exposing yourself to as much as you can personally to explore everything so you don't have to pay for that class in college. And then, in addition to that, gain that social aspect piece because it's all about networking, honestly. Mm -hmm. Like so – I really had this interesting thing about, on my podcast. I had one friend who got in here, and he got to his last class at Michigan State. And he was sitting there, and he was like – the professor walks in. It's like, all right, everybody, are you guys ready to go out there and start working in a r- warehouse for the rest of your life? He asked himself, he said, oh, my God, this is what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Your last class as a senior in college, you're asking yourself, this is what I'm going to do? The rest of my life you didn't know what that was before you got into this particular major and that that's the key component behind it how much self-exploration are you doing without everyone i mean just gaining knowledge from everyone else but you know when you're spoon-fed a lot it's like you know are you really doing that sometimes yeah great answers i i find myself
0: not wanting to get political but at the same time um being around you know got 29 years now and teaching 25 at Lakeshore. um There has to be some way of educators, those that know what's going on, getting together with the ones who make the rules and working things out and and coming up with something a heck of a lot better than what we got going on. It's not horrible, but it's not as great as it can be. And it's something that I think really needs to be thought of um, to come up with some better way of doing it. But, uh, okay, shifting gears again. So I know I definitely want to keep our time uh, on schedule here. Um, So I'm looking at... Uh, a little bit of a flip of the coin off that question, and I don't want to go too deep here, but uh, I want to connect with it. What do parents need to do? What do students need to do? So you can answer that one after the other. And again, you don't have to get that serious, but um, again, two of us are parents, so we have that unique perspective. Um, Jeff probably works with maybe you in the last year or so being assistant principal. Uh, you work with parents more yeah. so. I know Jeff does. Um, But what do parents need to do and what do students need to do when it comes to, like, educating, educating themselves, educating their students, their their sons and daughters?
1: Well, I'm going to say this and and not – once again, I'm not staying political. I'm staying away from all this. But here's the thing. So in high school, when I went to high school, I'm going to use my own personal situation. My parents made decisions for me that they thought Mm -hmm. that was best, but then they let me do whatever I need to do. Meaning that, like, so they yanked me out of public education and stuck me in a Catholic school because De La Salle was going to be the key to education to lead me to more success, okay? I didn't have a choice more than anything. So that's the choice they made for me. But then how I performed at De La Salle or wherever I was in public education, that left that on my table. You know, if you want to be X, Y, and Z and fail, they let me fail. Meaning that they let me go through my own adversity to become a better person, right? I feel, and this is my opinion, is that. I grew so much because of that, Mm. right? Nowadays, when you speak to parents, they kind of want a lot of say in help shaping a lot of that stuff, which they do have a lot of say. I'm not saying that they don't. At the same time, I learned the most when I failed at things. Mm. I really did. Mm. And sometimes, in being a very protective mode, the toughest job is being a parent and watching your child fail. Honestly, it really is. But it's through that failure that they learn the most. Honestly, they learned something about themselves. And remind you that the failure is not like a death sentence or anything like that. It's what did I learn in that situation? Mm-hmm. I might not see it at that particular point because being stuck in failure sucks, right? But at the same time, is I grew so much from that failure. So more anything, you know, parents continue to support them all the time because my parents would support me. At the same time, is let them make the choices that they have to make sometimes. You know, if you can shed light on how what you went through personally to make them have a better choice, you're doing your job as a parent. At the end of the day, though, that person is an individual person that they make, him make his or her own choices. So when you allow them to do that, they grow so much more because it's my choice. I own that responsibility now. And I can take that and then go on to the next level, which is like whatever it may be in the workforce, in college. Because guess what? In that work world, that's dealing with people, right? And if, if you are as a parent that makes every decision for your son or daughter, they're not going to have that capability to make those types of decisions when they get in the real world because mm-hmm. no one's doing that at my job, right? No one's telling me right now specifically that you got to do this, you got to do this, you got to do this, da, da, da. They, they tell me that this is part of the job description and then execute the way that you need to do, and then I'll help you with my guidance that I can to make you that much better of a counselor, educator, whatever it may be. That's awesome. So the student side, did I hear this right, about
0: owning it? The students need you have to, to take own personal that, responsibility. Right, it, and yeah. we talked
1: about this, and it goes back to my second answer, is that the more you self-explore, the more you're going to grow, right? So when you're spoon-fed things, you're not given that motivation internally to just go ahead and do it sometimes, right? Right. So you got to want that. You got to want that, right? Like I would want – if I am going through education right now with all the opportunities that we have, this technology, this constant instant information at the fingertips right away, take advantage of that. No, Now you have all that. What do I want to do? Like what do I really, really want to do? Like what do I want to do every single day in my life so it doesn't feel like it's work, right? Because that's where a lot of adults struggle with because they've been – just going on that lazy river float that we talk about, and they're <laughs> floating along, and all of a sudden, all right, man, i got to make a decision on what I want to do for the rest of my life. Well, if you've been making decisions decision on how to self-explore for this whole particular time, you should know. You've eliminated so many things, and this is what I want to do, right? So it's, that's I think, is the critical part behind it. More than anything, so one thing, and I don't want to get off on a tangent, is that I meet so many people, especially what I do in regards to career exploration stuff, is that they want to go in teaching before. But then something else triggers them to go into something different like business, right? Because they're like, well, I like money and I want to make money. But then they have this passion to help people and education is part of it. So they leave the business world and go back into education sometimes. I see that quite frequently because they want to do something like that. So it's once again, it's I'm still constantly transitioning. I mean, just because I have a PhD does not mean my career exploration has stopped. So it's like, what do I want to do? It's. You got to keep challenging yourself to explore because once you get on that, you know, just kind of like you're just going with the flow, and it's like you're not really living anymore, right? You, mm-hmm. you gotta, you gotta find that every single day. It's
0: awesome. Some of you listening to the show are gonna have to hit that uh, little rewind button and uh, gather the nuggets that these two are throwing out at you and, and jot them down someplace because this is good stuff. Todd, your thoughts? Parents and students.
2: Well, I'm, I'm, as soon as you said the question, my. Kind of like towards where Jeff was saying, I was going to say that they need to be involved, but with limits. Mm -hmm. Right. You know, they, they, they they need to be there in in this day and age. You just mentioned the technology. It's right there. You know, Mm -hmm. you can keep track of how your kid's doing and things like that without actually being in the class, like next to them and telling them, nope, you got to get that assignment in and all this other stuff. And, you know, get involved when you need to, but back off when you're not, when you don't need to, you know, kind of thing and let them make those decisions but you can help guide them, or allow the people, like you know Jeff and the other counselors that are in the profession, help guide those decisions. You know, as because to be honest, like Jeff said, I don't know everything about careers and things like that. Do I know a little bit? Sure. Does my wife? Sure. We'll be able to help our kids do that. And our kids are obviously in different places right now, John. Because yours are graduating high school and <laughs> in college and figuring out what they want to do, and mine are just starting. One of is going to be starting school, you know, in another year still. He's doing his preschool thing right now, but even with the decisions we're helping him make now, like we, we want him to be involved in things. So like this summer we asked him, well, these are five choices you have to do for sports camps. What do you want to do? And we let him pick which one he, he picked two of them. We did those two with him. He's got tennis camp next week. Two awesome. weeks later, he's got T-ball camp. I, I've played tennis recreationally a few times and I enjoy racquetball but it's not a sport I know but I'm not going to discourage him from doing it Um, you know baseball wasn't a true passion of mine but you know he wanted to do it if he does it and I, that's great. And I want him to be able to explore those things. That, that was things that, you know, we talked about our relations. My parents did for me. I fenced. I told Jeff, I fenced for a, yeah. a, a season wow. kind of thing. I, at the point where it was a fencing club that was offered through, through Romeo Parks and Rec, my parents were like, hey, do you want to do this? Sure, why not? I'll try it. You know, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something I could really get passionate about. So I stopped it after a while. I finished what I was doing. And that was the other thing that my parents did for me. And I think parents need to continue to do Whatever you start, you need to finish. Yeah. Um, And I think that's the other thing, you know, whether you fail at it or not, you need to finish it. Um, And I think too often parents nowadays allow their kids or even help their kids escape from those situations. Um, And that's the biggest thing. So be involved when you need to be. Don't be involved when you shouldn't be. Um, You know, as a coach and even as a parent, you know. I've had people ask me, "Well, are you looking forward to coaching your kids?" and I'm like, "I'll help at the little late, like when they're little and stuff cuz I'll help them teach the fundamentals. I don't want to be a part of that, that that higher level when it's really competitive type stuff cuz hey, I don't want people to think, "Hey, I'm influ- I'm thinking as a parent instead of a coach, but I will be gladly there to to support him and the team and anything I need to do, but I'm not going to argue with the coach about playing time or anything like that if that's what he's involved in. If it's a sport I know or don't, you know, that's not something I want to do." I want to be able to enjoy him as and be, enjoy being a parent. Awesome. Um, and I think that parents often overlook that nowadays. Mm-hmm. They don't really, they, they miss out on some moments because, as Jeff said, they're so focused on the end goal for what they want for their kids that, A, they don't ask the kid what they want to do and that they just aren't there all the time. Or the exact opposite, they just aren't there at all. Right, um, and that's the hardest part. And I know there's every family's going to be in a different situation. You know, I look in this position now that I'm in as an assistant principal, I see it more and I see it more firsthand mm-hmm. of the struggles that families go through. You know, I look at some of the kids that walk through our, my building, and I'm just like, I I, I, I commend them for just getting there in the during right. the day. But then you look at them, and you know, they're doing phenomenal in the classroom. They're doing excellent. They don't let that be an excuse. Um, you know, and, and but parents just need to stay involved,
0: but don't become controlling, That's I guess awesome. would be the way, main way to say it. Yeah, and the technology piece you brought up, I find it amazing that um, some parents are on top. Yeah. You know, uh, I put a zero in on an assignment. Yeah. The kid will come up five minutes later, hey, I just got a text from my mom. <laughs> you know, I thought I'd turn this in. And then you know, on the other side, there's a lot of kids keeping up with stuff too. And then there's the ones that don't, there's the ones that you hear final exam week. From about their kid failing, and you know, and you gently, kind of, you know, nicely say, "Hey, have you been checking grades the whole time? Oh, we haven't been able to. We lost the password; it's not working, and, and whatever." And I get those things, yeah. but there are definitely avenues that is, it's made some changes. So, all right, wrapping up here. Just a couple more softball questions thrown at you here. So, get grab your bat. Um, driving down the road, windows are open, and you're feeling good. Life is good, and you're by yourself. What music are you listening to? What what song? do you want jamming on there that you're not even afraid to see to have people see you singing what's your favorite song favorite favorite group so to speak if you're just driving down the road and it's just a gorgeous summer day and you're by yourself what's one of your favorite songs that just gets you jacked up
2: growing up i had a, just an eclectic taste in music uh, the first album i ever bought was beastie boys you know after, uh, <laughs> All the, but then i you know i've got country i've got everything um oh. you know but to be honest i don't i if i'm just relaxing and having a good time and not thinking i'll throw on like the pandora station for like the summer 2008 hits kind of thing and it's it's more pop type stuff but you know what it, every now and then it, you just need to have that like mind numbing music that just yes. kind of I, I laugh because I know it's kind of cookie cutter and stuff like that. And you think about like each of these groups that have been popular for one hit or you know multiple years and you know things like that. And but uh, no, I mean if I really want to just relax, I, just, I probably would go back to the Beastie Boys. Let's just throw that on That's and
0: hilarious. go from there. So. That's good. That I'm trying to wrap my mind around that and, and you with the Zorro mask with the sword, just uh, <laughs> dancing and lunging and thrusting and cutting cutting people up. Oh my gosh, Doctor Lip.
1: Wow, that's a great question. That's a great answer by Todd. That's I love fantastic. that. I didn't see that coming. So I'm quite similar to Todd, but I'm also about when I'm hanging out with certain people too. And I'll be honest with you, every what song music does for me is that when I'm hearing the song, I just go back to that particular moment. That's all it does for me. Yeah. So when I'm really just wanted to hear it, I kinda like listen to whatever and I listen to everything too. I mean, I'll be quite honest with you, I don't want to say this on the air, but you know, I'm not gonna oh, say this out of the air oh, right now, you know? <laughs> No, well, Lindsay, my sister-in-law, loves Backstreet Boys. So they came out with a new song, and I'm like, man, I really like me some Backstreet Boys right now. (laughs) I'm in the car with Nick the Note dealer, and he puts on some type of, oh, this is how we roll, by Florida. uh,
2: Florida Georgia Line.
1: Florida Georgia Line. Thank you, Mr. Stevens. Yes. So I'm like, this is how I roll. This is how it's going to be good. Literally, it's about who I'm with. I know your question was, if you're in a car by yourself, but literally, I listen to everything. And it's more about, once again, the social context for me about hanging with people because there's certain people that love music and I've never played like hardcore rap with some people right but then at the same time it's like if I'm driving and I hear something that I like it takes me back to a moment that I'm thinking about that's where I want to spend my thought process I listen to that song okay. so for me that's kind of what music does for me. So awesome! Yeah. What What about you? You can't just mine, like throw these like softball questions. You say and then like not answer anything. I'll grab my bat and uh, hit this
0: one out of the park. Uh, mine would be Van Halen dancing in the streets. Okay. Yeah, I just definitely love that. Last question: softball again. Favorite book?
2: I really don't have one. Honestly, I I am constantly trying to read. Um, mm. And I for me. Uh, for me it's not even about books necessarily like I, we, on Jeff's show we were talking about it it goes back to that knowledge question it could be you know I'm not always reading I, I usually have a book that I'm in the process of reading but you know it might be oh I, I'm on Twitter and I see a, a, a you know a magazine article associated with right. yes. something and I'll read yes. that real quick um, awesome. it, To me books is knowledge yes. uh, that's where and anything that you can have the opportunity to read is knowledge as long as you know it's a credible source you know and obviously we, we try and do that. Um, I mean, even like right now, I'm reading a book. It's called Grit by uh, Angela Duckworth. Yeah, Um, Yeah, that's a good book. You know, and in there, there's even things on how to parent with grit and how to teach your kids grit. You know, so whatever I need, you know, just continually build that knowledge base is what I try and do. So I don't want to say there's I don't have a favorite book. Um, I read a lot more, uh, you know,
1: I guess, factual type books. Articles and and blogs. Do that kind of stuff. That's fantastic. I love the reading aspect of no matter what it is. That's cool. That's the same concept for me too. Honestly, there's not one particular book. I got to go back to the current moment because that's how to that answer some of these questions. This is like it can't narrow it down because if I had to narrow it down, it'd be very impossible. Honestly, but like right now, I'm reading Chicken Noodle Soup for the Soul books right mm, now. That's kind of stuff. what I'm on, and it's about love. It's love stories for Chicken Noodle Soup. So mm. there's some amazing stories. As a matter of fact, before we've done podcast before, I've told you about the story that I read before coming in. Yes, and they're very short blurbs about those particular love stories out there, but. You know, it's, that's kind of what I read. I mean, that's, I don't want to say it's influenced me greatly yet, but I mean, I've not been through the whole storyline of every you know, story in that book. But really, it's more about, specifically for me, in the moment, uh, contextually, what I'm, what the book kind of finds me. I don't Mm -hmm. know if it ever helps Mm -hmm. you, if you've done that before. Books find me. So I have, no joke, you've been to my house. I have this stack of books, about five or six books (laughs) to the right side of my dinner table that people have been giving me. And I'm like, I got to read these books. But it's like. Finding a time, reading the book specifically. Um, if I really want self exploration, I might spend a little bit more time using a specific book, but nothing like that right now because I got like five or six books that I got to start reading. That's awesome.
2: That's huge. Uh, one quick change. I, I, having thought a little bit more, I will say Dragons Love Tacos, only because right now that's the one book my son goes to <laughs> when I read to him at night. So right now that would be the most influential book. I like it, but I also awesome. see you've got the Pyramid of Success over there, and it actually makes me think back to when I was a classroom teacher. Um, I had a book, it was actually written, uh, it's a children's book and it, the kids used to always think when I was going to do it for them, cause I'm like a half day or, you know, homeroom time, I'd read it to a, to a high school gr- group of kids. It was called the adventures of inch and miles, but it was actually John Wooden's pyramid of success
1: oh. through a
2: children's book. It was a phenomenal book. The kids always enjoyed it, you know, and it, it, whether it made them flash back to, you know, elementary days or, you know, but the, the message of that was so powerful that that's actually another book I would highly recommend. Um. It, it, it's just a great book. It, you know, I read it to my son now. I read it to my, to my seven month old, doesn't know what's going on yet, but he'll figure it out when he gets older. But you know, that's what made me think of that too, as well. So That's awesome.
0: Yeah. Fantastic. All right, guys, I thank you so much. And there's so much I wanted to ask you, but we're cutting it off here so that we can do a couple other things. Uh, I really appreciate you guys. I hope we can do this again. And when we get Chad or just the three of us again, I, there's more I want to delve into. And I, I do appreciate your time and, uh, I love our friendship. I love, you know, the fact of I'm learning from you guys and uh, it's just amazing stuff. So, I hope you guys enjoyed this out there. Uh, drop me a note. Uh, find me over on Facebook at coach to expect success, on Twitter at coach 2 success and over on Instagram at coach john daly. And then of course, my contact information, you can contact me on coach 2 expect And definitely head over to JeffLip.com because he's got some great stuff over there and Mr. Stevens, if you need to get in touch with him,
2: uh, email? E- email, uh, Stevens at LSPS. Uh, Twitter, uh, I always, it's at AP Stevens is the handle. And I don't know what the app part is. <laughs> I don't know what that is. LSHS underscore AP, something like that. So
0: I'll yeah, put it in the but, show notes, and we'll get it out there anyway. So thanks again, you guys. Take care of each other. Take care of yourselves. Have a great day. See you. See you.